Hi and welcome to the Homeopathy Health Show. I'm Atik Ahmad Bharti, a fourth generation homeopath with over 25 years of professional experience and practice in this field of healing. The Homeopathy Health Show is the online voice of homeopathy around the world, promoting and raising awareness of this truly unique complementary system of healing, which is suitable for all ages, young and old. Every week I invite guests from the world of homeopathy to come and share their experiences, their work, offer insights and essentially talk all things homeopathy. Why not visit www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast button to listen to the latest episodes. So let's begin today's show here on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio. Hi everybody, I hope you are well and always. I sincerely hope and pray it remains that way. So I've got another very, very interesting homeopathy health show for you today here on UK Health Radio. And um, hey, the days are looking better, aren't they? I mean, hopefully the sun will shine eventually, but I see a glimmer of sunshine here and there through the heavy thunderstorms. But uh, we, we we hope, certainly, last couple of weeks i spent some time in the garden finally after many many months and uh i'm waiting for my my petunias actually to bloom but uh the rain seems to be dampening that uh, somewhat <laughs> but uh, it's just one of those things is that you just uh, i have to be patient i have to be patient um hopefully they'll be blooming soon enough and uh and then i can uh, perhaps tinker about in the garden a bit more now Today's guest, I'm very, very pleased and honoured to be speaking to uh, Dr. Gaurang Gaikwad, who is from Mumbai in India. Dr. Gaurang is one of the most popular teachers, actually, among students over the globe. And in the past few years, he's successfully trained homeopaths, and hundreds of homeopaths, in fact, through his online courses. And he has found his own online teaching platform and has been very successful running courses for students, practitioners, and actually homeopaths alike. I have a lot of questions for Dr. Gorang, but I would actually start with saying that he has blended a classical homeopathy with advanced kingdom approach to have an artistic way where homeopathy and lifestyle changes are used in synergy to treat patients. Without further ado, I will introduce Dr. Gorang Gaikwad. Doctor, thank you so much for joining me here today on the Homeopathy Health Podcast. Hello and namaste and it's such a pleasure and honor that I am um, part of this um, very special podcast that you have lined up. Thank you so much for having me. No, no, it's brilliant. I, I'm actually happy that um, despite the time difference, we still managed to to hook up. And I know you've been you've had a very very busy day indeed. So thank you so much for your time. God bless you. Now you. you've probably been asked this question so many times, but uh, for the purposes of the listeners. Um, would you just highlight your journey to homeopathy? Was it chance? Was it was it error? Sometimes I've I've actually been speaking to homeopaths, and it was not chance. It was just an error that had been made, but they found themselves falling in love with homeopathy. You know, uh, Bhattiji, I don't know if if you know this, but just some time back, I saw one of my favorite movies. You know, uh, and and I'm a huge movie buff. Um, I really watched some really uh, chosen movies which I really like a lot and of different languages 
and there is this movie i hope you have seen it it's a, it's a kind of an indian movie but it's it's a fairly well known internationally uh, this name of the movie is lunchbox and um, it it stars one of my favorite actors the late irfan khan i i, I hope you have seen this yes you know there is a there is a kind of um, the the whole movie is such an amazing movie that i don't want to give you the whole story i i hope some of the participants watch this movie and in that there is a very interesting line which which actually kind of uh, defines some part of our life or my life and that is that where uh, you know he says at one point that sometimes the wrong train takes you to the right station so i think somewhere that um, symbolizes a little bit of uh, my journey you could say that interesting um actually staying with irfan khan the late irfan khan you know he um he actually was a really really good actor because Absolutely. there was a lot of emotions and a, a very very professional um the the way he was and and that's why he, obviously he ended up in one of a, a, the very big movies which was um life of pi in fact he did quite a few movies and if i'm not wrong there's a latest movie that has come uh, the scorpion sting which is his last movie that he's made before he kind of uh, died due to the brain tumor and he was a artist you know i can see i've just realized that when i i'm picturing irfan khan and i'm looking at you and you know there's a there's a glimmer of of resemblance there i'm sure you've been told <laughs> that before is that right sorry have you you must someone must have or said that before <laughs> too right after this podcast i'm going to send you a picture of irfan khan and you look at yourself in the mirror and then look at him and then say hmm but he was right you know <laughs> <laughs> you do you say that to every every kind of uh, uh, participant or every speaker who comes because i hope someone doesn't say my favorite actor is brad pitt or you know maybe no no uh, some 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 strange actress because then it would be very difficult <laughs> i i only say to my wife i'm brad pitt and she says no you're not so please be quiet now so that's the end of that discussion you know <laughs> um so tell me you know one of the most fascinating areas that uh, I was reading up of course on on what you're up to at the moment is very much to do with with teaching and you have been actually very very successful especially with uh, running courses and helping students practitioners and just enthusiasts so do tell us where this passion came from and your teaching style sure so you know i i started my conversation with you talking about sometimes the wrong kind of train takes you to the right station i i do believe that your environment makes the entire difference and i was when i started off i come off from uh, a family of doctors my both my parents are ophthalmologists actually eye surgeons uh, in mumbai in fact my mother comes from one of the top uh, uh, kind of uh, allopathic hospitals in india where she is um, she was a, a eye surgeon and also ophthalmologist and a teacher uh, jj hospital mumbai if, if if you know about it so interestingly when i was young i would go around with them doing all these kind of eye camps and checking the eye numbers and much later now almost i'm i'm 37 year old i'm going to be 37 year old so now at at the age of 37 i run an opd in 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 mumbai where we have ophthalmic patients which are evaluated by my mother who's an ophthalmologist and i prescribe the homeopathic medicine so we have probably the world's first integrative ophthalmic opd so the whole journey of that of, of 37 years is quite interesting in that way 
and and it starts from the fact that i was never interested in homeopathy i got admission in one of these colleges a dental college in mumbai and as you know it's very competitive here to get a seat in most of these colleges and i was not a very hard working student going off and i i thought that maybe better than dentistry would be to try something like alternate medicine i joined it i didn't find it interesting and then destiny kind of uh, introduced me to my first teacher and that was a teacher and that's also another person whom you should actually do a podcast with is dr vijay vaishnav from now he's based in california in the us and i easily he's probably one of the finest homeopaths on this planet at this moment very clinical very very methodical and very classical so he introduced me into homeopathy he took me under his wings and that made an entire difference and after that i i worked with dr sankaran i went to kolkata i worked with dr sarka dr lm khan then i traveled the entire part of country trying to learn from different different homeopaths understanding all approaches together and then finally i i kind of started working on my own self how i can integrate all this together to help my patients so this in short is my is my journey if i could put it in few words you know it's fascinating what you said because you've you've learned from from the best and it's like uh, you know at the beginning of this podcast i i said every homeopath's an artist so you know you've seen the rembrandts and the picassos you've seen the style and that's the beauty of homeopathy because you leave all of that and then you become your own artist you know and you start to paint your own journey your own picture for moving forward and that is actually a, a very big plus point as far as homeopathy goes because and don't you agree uh, dr gorang it's very um personal isn't it homeopathy uh, not every homeopath go- of course not every homeopath is going to practice in the same way but that's the beauty of homeopathy you can specialize and you can very skillfully tailor you know tinker around with various submodalities within the umbrella of homeopathy and go with whatever is favorable to you and what you feel comfortable with you know um, it's very interesting actually um, this because um, picasso you spoke about and picasso spoke something very interestingly i don't know if picasso exactly spoke this or they write that picasso spoke about this but uh, an idea that you have to learn all the rules like a pro to then learn how to break them as an artist so mm. i do think that um, as a homeopath one of the first things one needs to do to become a real pro artist is is to go in depth is to master the basics at the deepest level and it is only when you really master it at the deepest level at some point you will see art starts forming on its own uh, and you kind of become a medium of it so i think till that point one has to really work on going by the books or going by the basics then i do believe that sometimes one directly goes into trying to become an artist and that's where they kind of go off hook and that's where i i genuinely do believe that to put a decade of learning under someone who's really classical probably makes an entire difference and if you are lucky enough and if you are able to understand different different approaches together you are really able to understand in which case what approach would be needed and that itself is actually an art fascinating in fact um i remember you know uh, i ha- heard this saying once from one of my sort of uh, mentors that you read the book and then you throw it out the window not literally but you know metaphorically because there's only so many books you can read 
but it's actually the clinical experience. It's actually when you physically sit in front of a patient who's suffering is when you come into your own and you actually start to, and, and even compassion, isn't, isn't this right? Even compassion is a journey. You can't just fall into compassion and, and be compassionate. It's a journey because as you treat more and more patients, as you learn more, as you see more and more ailments, naturally for, for a homeopath, you know, that compassion starts to increase and increase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 true because you know I I'll give you one very uh, personal example. You know, one of my biggest uh, moment of grief in my life, and I remember this because I was with one of my mentors, and I asked him that you know, um, why this at this point of my life? And he told me that you have to undergo this if you wish at some point to understand someone else's grief, and maybe that was what it was because to to experience grief. Uh, or to heal someone else's grief, you have to go through some part of it yourself to really be in that energy sphere. And I, I do believe that um, that whatever one goes through actually is is something for for probably the there is much bigger energy, much bigger system that is making us do what we are ending up doing in that. You know, that's actually a very a pertinent uh, subject matter, grief, because we've just recently been through a global pandemic, it's played havoc with emotions, hasn't it? It's played havoc with people's lives because, I, I mean, I lost so many good, dear friends because of the pandemic. And, and this was, it was so sudden and you couldn't even have time to actually help. And that that's a grief, which is which where you see the suffering of patients. And, and it really does sometimes overwhelm you. But like you've said, you have to go through some things for you to be to become um, for you to be able to understand and appreciate what somebody else is going through. It's like a young couple who do not have a child cannot explain to someone else that this is how you should change a nappy to a mother because they haven't been through that. It's fine reading in a book. This is what you have to do. A B C. Actually, there's usually a D and an E in a nappy. But anyway, um, where you change the nappy, but Unless you've experienced that yourself, it's very difficult. So it's a very wise point that you've made indeed. And just because you put up this point, something very interesting, uh, Bhattiji, is that, uh, you know, the pandemic was was a turning point for a lot of people, including someone like me, because, yes, uh, like in many other countries, even in India, there was a lockdown for a fair amount of time and we were at home. But but there was something very interesting that happened here in India and in, in different parts of the world because I'm also associated with teaching in Brazil, in Europe, especially in France, Switzerland, and and and, and in the US um, as well. So <clears throat> what happened was that uh, there were many complicated cases. There were lesser beds in, in a place like India, as you, you must have read or heard about it. People didn't want to go to hospitals. And that's what gave us an opportunity to treat patients with homeopathy. And I'm not saying this only about myself, but I would like to put it across that many Indian homeopaths did some remarkable work by going out of the way, helping patients, even in the hospital, treating with integrated homeopathy. And I, I, I was lucky enough to, to treat quite a few patients with, with my team here. One of the doctors here, uh, Dr. Jayashi, helped me along with a group of about seven or eight doctors that worked with me. Uh, and we helped patients across the globe. Um, and many homeopaths did. And, and, and um, you know, we even collected data 
we even presented some of this work in brazil in the us even in in some parts of switzerland when i went uh, um, last year and uh, we created something called as uh, uh, as as a kind of a covid literature like you know covid repertory in that way which i'm going to share it with you for all the participants of this uh, kind of audio whoever would want to uh, would would be interested you can give that literature as a gift from me and after that something even more interesting happened as that is post covid and post vaccination syndrome so many post covid patients uh, had had a long covid history loss of smell some people the, the autoimmune diseases started increasing some people mm. uh, there was kind of hair fall women they had um, uh, amenorrhea so many so many hormonal issues and we started working on them with homeopathy and we even created a post covid and post vaccination repertory which again is something that we are we work very interestingly it's still work in progress but i would be giving that again to you that you can share it with your readers so that they can help more people and document and get back to us that's actually very very kind of you and um i i look forward to receiving that i think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be jumping at uh, at something like that because um, there isn't enough information out there and this is very very key so many patients uh, of course this is going to be the same with you i see so many patients who have fallout symptoms of of covid they they did get covid they survived of course you know um they have strong immune systems but it's what's left behind which is sometimes more difficult to treat than the actual original or primary condition itself it's the fallout isn't it absolutely and here is where a lot of nosodes were used you know for example many patients after covid developed a lot of pessimistic attitude towards everywhere and post covid developed a lot of weakness sorinum was one of the remedies that we used a lot for example many patient developed a lot of hair fall related issues they they got thallium metallicum so many such kind of clinical hints we collected many of them helped many of them required some other remedies also but the idea is that how we can kind of really understand this and uh, in a very artistic way skillful way help our patients with individualized approach mm. and do you still find that um, this this uh, the, the the long covid as it's called is is still very much prevalent in in india or certainly where where you are everywhere everywhere because whatever said and done a large number of people in the in, in india in the west were vaccinated post covid they even were given booster dose so homeopathy and lifestyle change and i, I give a lot of importance to lifestyle change including nutrition and certain exercises this together can really help patients to put them in in in, in a good place and, and 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 heal from within i do believe it's it's a medicine of a future Do do tell us more about um, your approach where you're using homeopathy and lifestyle changes give uh, share if you can share some examples of what that involves and and your thinking behind this I'll I'll give you one of the examples that comes to my mind because you know it's one of the cases that I saw recently so one such patient with almost a third stage of avian connected to us told me that you know since I have been diagnosed of avian I suggest me a surgery I don't want to undergo surgery The the, uh, the still the whole principles of homeopathy remain the same. We did a very individualized case. We went in detail the case taking, understanding the chief complaint, the deeper state, the mental state, the fears, the anxieties, the dreams, the generalities, the past history, the family history. Understanding the whole case, understanding the portrait of disease, we chose the uh, 
ultra diluted homeopathic remedy uh, remedy all of our participants know very simple remedy i prescribed hiparself which was indicated in that case and gradually 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 within 4 to 5 months this guy who was almost bedridden uh, who along with homeopathy we suggested certain changes in diet we 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 reduced uh, certain kind of allergic substances in diet like we reduced milk a lot of wheat a lot of non veg alcohol was really tapered down along with homeopathic medicine certain certain very basic yoga exercises were added so so all this together we homeopathy exercise and nutrition and within 4 months this guy was another person he now actually jogs for 25 minutes every day probably a little more than some of our participants who might be listening so it's 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 it, it was something that even for us it was it was a very interesting experience how integrated healing with homeopathy can be can be one of the very important mediums and i don't say it is the only medium but it can be one of the very strong mediums where we can have healing for our patients nutrition plays a, a very very strong part in any health protocol irrespective of whether it's uh, conventional medicine homeopathy or whatever anything else you know ayurvedic uh, chinese medicine nutrition is key and that's predominantly because of the the sheer number of chemicals that you know we're we're in, we're taking alongside food and that's no fault of anybody it's just the way things are you know we have to feed a a growing population around the world food manufacturing processes have to change they have changed of course for better or worse but the chemicals are playing havoc um sterility for example is becoming rampant so many oh it's very sad to say so many couples with the same issue that they're unable to have children and fortunately though i say with homeopathy they can but initially Absolutely. you know those who don't know about homeopathy they're stuck as yeah, an example yeah. i'm not saying sorry it's homeopathy and that's it but there are other systems as well of course and and even within conventional medicine ivf system and so forth um ivf treatment rather but what i mean is for those who don't know there's a lot of suffering out there isn't it because you're unable to start a family actually you know you spoke about infertility and and i like to talk to you about two three interesting aspects is number one um homeopathy depending on what is the reason for infertility there is a primary infertility secondary infertility infertility can be due to polycystic ovarian disease and we are talking about women there male also can be azoospermia no spermia it can be due to many many health related issues but the long and short of it that homeopathy can be a very important uh, kind of a tool here to heal and i have quite a few cases of this uh, which are documented very well in fact it's part of my the topic for my next book um uh, which is on homeopathic approach and strategies in female and hormonal disorders interestingly as we speak a week back i launched my my book on on uh, you can see here and i'll try to send you a copy uh bhatiji it's homeopathic strategies in acute cases with maps and here i have documented cases of covid and post covid in acutes that we helped and i'll request dr jaya to send it across to you so you can go through it and it will be interesting for you hmm. coming back your your thought is that even hanuman spoke about this so interestingly if you read organon and if you read his writings he specifically wrote that men who are having infertility issues uh, ejaculation sexual issues they should reduce meat the clearly he clearly writes that you should stop chicken he writes it he says stop chicken if if someone 260 years back with that wisdom 
you know master hanuman hasn't written six volumes just like that he he was not just a another you know just a doctor he his his understanding and learnings were at another level so if he has written about it so many years back definitely we need to at least look at it and and make it part of our integrated uh, healing and 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 it makes a big difference is nutrition in today's time absolutely you know there are many other things here for example in india many patients are also very keen about chicken or meat or so the idea is not to stop it this is a very important thing we don't totally stop it the number one thing that we suggest is try to get chicken from a organic place where the chickens are not pumped up with steroids and hormones and antibiotics and all this kind of story you already and uh, the listeners already know about and the other thing is to cut it down to make it not daily but maybe once twice a week so the idea is to have this kind of more balanced uh, approach and not extremist totally stopping it not a good idea and having it over not a great idea so how to balance this entire thing some kind of education can be for our patient that makes the entire difference you know i found um over the last sort of several years that a lot mm. of patients now are becoming very uh, self aware and self conscious and what i mean by that is as far as their health needs are concerned so you know they're becoming aware that look i need to make changes you mentioned lifestyle patients are wanting to do it and sometimes it just needs a little push from someone else where you're you're having therapy and you're talking or counseling and you know they they're ready because people have realized that look diet is is very very key to good mental health good emotional balance uh resistance to being ill itself and generally vitality levels overall um we've seen for example and i'm sure this is the same case with you in Uh, certainly here in the UK but also we know in America and other places managing weight an increase of weight is becoming more and more difficult not everybody has time to go to the gym not everybody is focused or, or or you know has that type of drive to go to the gym or to exercise but people are now becoming more and more aware that look we need to take some positive steps here and we need to do something about our health absolutely and and this is where the health workers and people like you and me and and the physicians and the healers have to play a role of 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 not saying that okay this our therapy is is will will cure everything no we have to make our patients people as a equal partner in healing this is the first thing that i often tell our patients that yes definitely our treatment will help you the medicines will help you but if you really want to go to the root of it in today's time you have to work on it your own self as well and i do believe that this kind of a conversation really makes a lot of difference and 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 more importantly what i have also seen uh, with patient in today's time is that they are keen about it and and the more you are able to give them examples the more you are able, more they are able to see things around and the more you are able to see that everything is actually more 90% about what you eat so if you can make a difference just there everything mm. else we can take care of well it's true isn't it that saying that uh, old saying you are what you eat yeah. it's very very true and uh, i i've also found that people even though vegetables are not perhaps uh, as as exciting perhaps as as uh, one would want but people are now seriously looking at supplementing with plenty of green leaves um salads and uh, that's a that's a good thing isn't it that's only a good thing 
and and hypocrites famously spoke about it and it, it's so true now that he used to say that uh, let food thy be your medicine and let medicine thy be your food so it's very interesting for him to say that mm. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of years ago so definitely it has a huge role to play uh, however i want to tell you something more important that this is where homeopathy has a big role that definitely food has a very important role definitely but in majority of cases even after making these changes in diet things don't improve that means something more deeper has to be healed and this kind of blocks can be opened with homeopathy why absorption is not happening why autoimmune diseases are coming up so this is where homeopathy really goes at, at the deepest at the root level of it and really works uh, um, at that level and that's where i do believe that a, a really good homeopathy healer uh, uh, can work on it at a much more holistic way what is your take on autoimmune diseases what have you found in practice uh, is there a causative agent a causative influence it's multifactorial and i'm talking about more clinical practice and i'm not going research based but i'm just telling you at a daily clinical practice level because we are seeing tons of cases uh, in the last few years somewhere down the line a few things do make a difference and now more and more research has come out that a lot of uh, Uh, family history and past history also has a lot to do what what master hanuman spoke about as miasms and mm. and 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 what you say as diathesis somewhere a little hereditary tendencies do run is 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 no doubt about it the number 2 and the most more important thing is psychosomatic aspects so maybe there is something already there and they are just flared up after certain psychosomatic events which kind of can affect so our lifestyle the psychosomatic events can affect and finally the large part of it is your lifestyle in context of what you eat what you drink how you sleep and how you think all these things have such a huge role in in today's times and an autoimmune disease as we speak is so common in a place like mumbai in a place like paris in a place like kurithiba in brazil in a place like new york in the us everywhere you know because the kind of food that we are making the food industry and and the kind of pollution that we are going through the kind of hurried fast paced life that we are living through the autoimmune diseases have like increased by tons and tons of percentage so definitely we have to calm down what about um, the the fact that we're bombarded with frequencies i mean i i've said this before that uh, to to a different guest that just for this podcast for example i'm surrounded by different frequencies surely that can't be good for us 100 years ago this was never the case things were wired and now we're in a wireless digital age and of course the benefits are amazing there's no denying that amazing fantastic it's pro- allowed for pr- human- uh, humanity to progress in leaps and bounds like you're based there way in mumbai and i'm here in just outside london and it's brilliant we're talking we're seeing one another as if we're in one room but there's of course every, everything has a downside as well if it's uh, if it's um overused or overdone and frequencies of course cannot uh, surely our cells uh cannot stay healthy with being by being bombarded with so many different types of frequencies at any one time absolutely and your frequencies we are talking about all different 3g's 4g's 5g's and all different g's that come up but not just this you know even basic x-rays even mri ct scans and more and more research is so that when you do that very often it does affect your body 
you know homeopaths have even proved remedies like x-ray like radium bromide and when they do the entire homeopathic approach you know in many cases when patients tell me that i have done so many so many x-rays and radiations i have gone through we i have to first prescribe a homeopathic remedy like x-ray and then give the indicated remedy to remove the layer of toxicity and the kind of frequencies and all that the patient has gone through so mm-hmm. there is no 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 kind of uh, debate about it at all uh, <clears throat> dr gorang i'm very fascinated by the fact that you have um, authored three books and you did mention of course just a little earlier that there is a fourth on the way but um fourth is, fourth is already launched uh, about uh, uh, about 10 days back and the fifth is is, all, is is something that we are working on which will come end of this year god willing inshallah i don't know if it happens yeah how are you going how do you find so much time and how do you look younger than 37 as well that's one question that's been <laughs> bugging me for the last 20 minutes you know because <laughs> you don't look 37 you look much younger it I must be the remedies right <laughs> <laughs> i don't i i hope it's i hope it's not a disadvantage because a large part of my life you know patients would come in the clinic and they would look at me and they would often say that where is the doctor so it would it would it 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 would actually be a disadvantage to for a large part of my life but it doesn't matter because once you start your work it doesn't matter i always say this to my colleagues to people who work with me to students i tell them very simple what and how you look where you come from who son daughter you are who your friend is who your teacher is doesn't matter to whoots what matters is what you do in the moment while doing what you do that's the only thing that matters what gold medalist you are or whichever you know it doesn't matter patient come to you and they just say can you heal me if you can heal me if you even don't have a degree i absolutely don't care about it you know patients are actually told that to me very often that they would often say that you, you know i have been to this this doctor and they are like a five star doctor but you know forget all that i feel you can help me just help me so it really doesn't matter and 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 one of the reason i am looking a little younger slightly and i, I was worse about 4 5 years back because i was living a crazy crazy life i still live a crazy life is i worked a little bit on my uh, diet and i started working out a little bit more slightly more balanced i've tried to build a good team good people in and around remove toxic energy around me it helps me <laughs> and of course irfan khan has helped you Irfan Khan is always there. He's he's <laughs> there in my heart. Many yeah. people like that. Many people like that. And um, the the best part is that uh, I'm doing what I, I I love doing. I I I we are able to help so many patients. We are able to uh, kind of motivate, encourage, teach so many homeopaths across the globe. We are able to meet like-minded people like yourself. And you know, just this energy. How much ever life God gives us, let's let's do some interesting work. And um, that passion itself keeps us uh, alive and makes us want to look forward to the next day i think i think what uh, one of one of very senior homeopath in india once told me that you know the allopath as soon as he grows older he becomes more cynical he becomes more critical he becomes more irritated frustrated despaired because every day he has to give the same thing this 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 go this 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 go homeopath as he becomes older he becomes more inquisitive he becomes much more enthusiastic because for him every day is new every day is a new case every day is a new analysis so well um, the great vijaykar late dr vijaykar who we lost during 
our pandemic once famously said that you know you cannot choose a field like homeopathy but actually homeopathy chooses you so someone who says that i wanted to be a homeopath and i am a homeopath i just want to say that you cannot choose a divine science like homeopathy it chooses you very very wise words indeed and uh, it's it's a good opportunity actually to reflect on that because you know you've said something very nice and and we all have long days i'm sure you have very long days and the phone keeps ringing and and nowadays patients are uh, so uh, whatsapp platform text message it's very e- you know easy as well for the patient to get in touch right but um and sometimes you've had a really really long day and it's like 10 11 o'clock at night and the phone rings again and again for what a blessing how amazing that a position to be in where somebody is asking for your help i mean it can't get better than that right and again you know i give a lot of quotes because i i have i've ended up in the last 20 years reading a lot of book i wish i could show you around my my this room with all the books kept up but because there are some more things crazy things down so i can't show you this room <laughs> but you can imagine that you know it's 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 written in the preface and forward to the famous medicine book by harrison that being a a physician is is one of the biggest opportunity that you can get uh, in your life because there can be not a more bigger opportunity where someone comes to you to for their own health to to heal from within to a physician so it's a huge opportunity if someone comes to you for help absolutely 100% so so true tell me about what's on the horizon for you as far as going forward is concerned and i mean are you uh, in practice 7 days a week as well at the moment i'm sure our listeners would be interested to know at this moment yes 7 days a week because um you know in the last 6 odd months i had to travel a lot i i traveled to brazil in october for a, i i teach there and i had to launch a book see patients there then to to france um, in paris and then just a month back i was in moscow actually interestingly to to teach and also to see few patients and next month i'm going to brazil again and then later part to hungary so due to the traveling i my my uh, some of my patients i couldn't kind of see all the patients so i have to work sometimes on the weekends also but more or less uh, you know for a large part of my life i kind of planned for two years three years four years 10 years but somehow in the recent past i found a way to kind of um, trying to be more in the now i'm mm. seeing what what is the best i can do at this moment when i'm talking to mr bhatti ji and and um, what is the best i can do now at this moment so yes obviously there is you can't go without planning for something immediate in the next month month and a half whatever we plan but but the more focus is more in the now and that brings a lot of calmness and kind of um uh, deep uh, kind of um, um healing within and more focus into into joy that you can feel within while doing what you enjoy doing the most i wanted to ask you something a bit lighthearted now uh, you know we've had yeah, a very sure. serious conversation of course but uh, <laughs> and i asked this to 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 all my guests pretty much i suppose you know during the podcast and sometimes offline but uh, do you have any favorite remedies now before you answer that i know that's a very difficult question because it can depend on cases but what are your own personal remedies which you feel are your personal favorites the ones that perhaps you go to time and time again 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a topic that not many people would like to openly talk about. But as you know, I, I absolutely love talking about things that uh, that, that that we need to talk with all honesty. Is 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 the kind of practice that I have, but it is that a large number of my practice are referrals from other homeopathic doctors. That's also because the kind of work that we do, because you know we are we, we are involved in teaching, we are involved in a kind of practice where patients are not directly often coming to me. Many of the doctors would probably try two, three, four, five remedies, and probably I will be the sixth or the seventh person who might be seeing uh, this, and that also means that sometimes. And more often than not, patients have already taken uh, the typical, you know, an injury patient has already taken Arnica, Natrum, Sulf, Hypericum, Ruta, Rustox, Symphytum. So, you know, you, you don't even have to look there, you know, you mm. straight away have to go from another level to thinking. So and that's one of the main reasons uh, that, that one has to straight away start thinking a little out of box prescriptions. And that's also one of the interesting things that happened in the last five years is my work on, on Sarcodes. Uh, remedies like pituitary gland, um, thyroidinum, insulinum, and also bowel nozodes, like which which actually are originated in the UK. Uh, yes, the great Dr. Patterson, Batch. Yes, Batch and Dr. Patterson and on the entire team, they worked so much on it. And I'm using them now almost like a polycrist remedy. In fact, I hope you know that I've written a book on nozodes, sarcode and bowel nozodes with, with my approaches in it. And, and yes, they're called the Materia Medica of Nosodes and Sarcodes. Yeah, yeah it took, because, because these are almost forgotten remedies in today's times, which are very well known, have, have been tested time and time again, and amazing, amazing, amazing remedies which can make a huge difference. So these remedies somewhere I felt were, were probably uh, remedies that helped me to help my patients more often than not. And, you know, uh, I also run a course of, of nosodes, sarcodes and bowel nosodes of about eight hours. It's a certificate course. If anyone wants to do it, anyone who comes through Bhattiji gets a 50% off on this course. Uh, whoever joins for this course, I'll, I'll give it off because my idea is more people have to learn this and help as many patients as you can. So my email ID, I will give in the end, gaurang at the gmail.com. Just give a reference of Bhattiji for, for the discount for the course. I hope everyone's paying attention to that. That's 50% off. <laughs> yes. Very, very important. Now, uh, as far as uh, the books, you've also actually written uh, a book on the art of repertorization. And I know that your books have been translated into some other languages as well. Do tell a bit more about this book, The Art of Repertorization. And indeed, you, you are absolutely right with the title. It, it is an art and it takes many, many years. One doesn't just go straight into it and open a book and say, oh, here we are. Actually, actually, I, you know, it's very interesting, but you know, I, my first book I wrote was decoding mental rubrics. It took me about nine years to write this book. Uh, and I started writing it during my internship. Uh, when I started working with uh, Dr. Sankaran in his first private OPD in the college uh, and, and with Dr. Segal's uh, approach and, and someone called as Dr. Milindra from HHF. And, and then with Dr. Sarkar. So it took me nine years to understand every rubric uh, and what it means. For example, I'll just give you a random example so that, you know, we kind of really uh, get a, get the hold of it. Like, you know, abrupt. In Kent repertory, there's a rubric, first rubric, abrupt. So abrupt, what it means. There are only two remedies in that, in that rubric. In Kent, there is natromute, there is terendula. Abrupt comes from the word disrupt. It comes from the word rupture. So anything that happens sudden, 
is the is is at a deeper level um, abrupt something which is continued and something then suddenly breaks this is abrupt so what is natrum you are doing in abrupt so the idea is sudden breakage of a long continued relationship and then aversion from that person is natrum you what is terentula doing in abrupt is something something continued something kind of breaking to gain attention that is terentula in abrupt so in this way and then explaining cases i tried to do that for every rubric close to about 3 400 rubrics and because the reason i wrote that book the first book decoding mental rubric because i wanted to understand those rubrics and i took it as an opportunity to write it and and the second book then i wrote was nose out sar code which 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 helped me change my practice and the third book that i wrote was art of repertorization and i felt at that point because um, the repertories like Bo- boning houston clark robert sensation as if uh, and and nair were almost obsolete people stopped using it because of the newer repertories coming up complete synthesis and they are good this no doubt about it but these classic literatures were forgotten and i felt i i felt a need to kind of revive it and i felt i should do something and and share it with the world so they can read it and apply it and use it but strangely very few people many people bought those books but very few people could understand because it's a very technical book someone who's really passionate about understanding repertory would actually understand this different techniques of uh, repertorizations because it you have to understand a lot of the idea of how roberts thought how nair thought how clark thought because clark repertory is based on causations so if there is a strong causation in the case you think about clark repertory for example what about fatak fatak was more based on generals and generalization so it's, it's it's a book if you are a very passionate lover of repertory it's a book you should have that's really interesting the way you've put that actually and highly commendable that uh, you've actually worked on those books which you feel will make a big big difference you know to to the understanding by homeopathic doctors homeopaths um, and uh, also students of homeopathy itself what's uh, what's on the horizon what are you working on next and uh, where 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 is your journey heading <laughs> do you have time to think about that now that you're telling me i am just trying to think about it actually there are many exciting things happening this is this is the best time to be in homeopathy but tj this is something that i can tell you from my heart and i'm sure this energy this vibes you also get this at this moment and at this time and we really have to thank our uh, um, ancestors of homeopathy for this right from hanuman to kent to dunham to right up to uh, vithulkas to vijay karthu dr sankaran to every single homeopath you know dr sarkar everyone because what they did they put us in this place where where now homeopathy is so respected is reputed results are out still the percentage of people who totally are dependent on homeopathy are less but it, there is a more openness there is more inclusivity people are looking forward for healing opportunities and this is where i see that and i see myself as one of the small mediums which could play a role along with a large sea of homeopaths who could help uh, patients who could help inspire some uh, homeopaths to take up this idea of kind of synergizing classical homeopathy with lot of newer ideas and um, yes uh, finding my joy within this journey is what i'm i'm hoping that uh, can happen and i'm sure that um, that 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 it brings me joy so i will i will try to do that as much as i possibly can dr gorang it's been an absolute delight actually having you on the podcast fascinating hearing from you this journey that you're on the journey you've been on and what the future holds for you i'd like to especially thank you 
for taking time out. It's been great. And certainly, I hope that later this year, uh, you can come back and, and share some more with us. Absolutely, Bhattiji. It's a pleasure. And I'm glad that what you're doing is such an important part. And I, 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 I want to congratulate you into doing this kind of thing where you are almost becoming a medium of spreading homeopathy for people in and around in different parts of the world. And, and people like you need to be more uh, encouraged and supported by all colleagues in and around us. And I, I'm hopeful that um, in, in, in time to come, uh, more people um, uh, will be inspired due to you becoming a medium in homeopathy. Thank you so much for doing what you do. I'm humbled by your kind words. Thank you so much. Thank you. Pleasure is mine. Thank you. I do hope you've enjoyed the Homeopathy Health Show here on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio. Tune in next time for more things homeopathy, interviews and segments on the healing possibilities that homeopathy can bring you. And don't forget to visit UK Health Radio online at www.ukhealthradio.com to see the many other amazing shows available to listen live and on demand. Or why not download the app from the iOS and Android stores. Until next time, stay safe and take care.